The more we see you, Lord, the more we love you. Thank you, Lord. I want to welcome all of you here today. And uh, if this is your first time visiting, and I think it may be some of yours, uh, your first times, um, I'm Pastor Steve, and I just want to say, welcome. <laughs> Could you turn the house lights up just a little bit, if you wouldn't mind? Um, I want to begin uh, today with, well, a little bit of self-disclosure. Let me uh, go ahead and put my first scripture up here, and it's the scripture that you have already heard read uh, by Tony uh, Satterfield when he and Diane came forward. And it's a, it's a well-known scripture, obviously. You all have heard it read countless times, I suspect, as I have. But I want to begin with, before I go back and look at some of those scriptures again, I want to begin with some self-disclosure. You know, that's... Um, I'm not alone, I know. Self-disclosure is sort of opening the kimono, would be one way to say it. Well, you know, showing a little bit more of oneself um, in order to kind of connect. But it's not so much to connect with you as it is to just be honest with um, myself and where I am. And, and here it is. As I began the Christmas season, you know, we're now into our third week of Advent. I was sort of like... Um, not quite Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, bah humbug. Anybody know that besides me? It's, it's that the familiarity with which you come to the scriptures uh, sort of causes them uh, to lose their impact. You've read them so many times that they almost become rote and therefore we become callous toward them uh, and not impacted by them. That's my beginning. And what that produced as I began to, you know, come to the Christmas season is, you know, kind of, you know, Jesus is coming and uh, he was born in Bethlehem and, um, you know, he came to pay our sin. Do you know what I'm saying? There is as if at times there can be a film that gets on your contact lens of your heart. I don't wear contacts, but my wife does. And uh, if you can envision that, or if you wear contact lenses, you understand that there's a cloud over your eye. In this case, it's really a cloud over um, your heart. It's a film. You see through it, but everything's sort of distorted. Now, um, that creates in me sort of a, a sort of callousness and... And though the Lord is always with us, uh, what he has done was done and finished one time for everybody. Uh, That reality of his life in us can sometimes become a little obscured through the dailiness of life. Does that help? So through the dailiness of life, things get a little bit complicated. So I've come to the scriptures and I began to go, God, um, I need for you to uh, renew the joy of my salvation. That's a good place to start, by the way. If you're in a place like that this Christmas season, or if you get in a place like that in any season of your life where God feels different uh, distance to you, if you sense that somehow he's not real interested in you, and if you're on kind of the outside looking in, 
there is really something that you can do about it to begin to initiate and usher in a fresh understanding of who we are, our identity and our intimacy. And that's what I've done. And that's called I repented. (laughs) You thought it was going to be some great principle, didn't you? Well, it is a great principle when one uh, sees where they are and declares to God, that's not where you want to be and embraces the fresh truth and life and light that he has for us. Now, having said that, we go to Luke chapter two, beginning at verse eight, and I'm going to sort of paraphrase some of the scriptures. I didn't put them all up here that you heard read, uh, but picture with me uh, outside Israel, Palestine, The scripture says there are these shepherds living out in the field. And I thought, well, they're just like me. These are just old shepherds. They are the commonest people that were in that culture. They're just like I am. I'm about as common as people get. Come on. (laughs) And these shepherds, it says... They were living out in the fields by night and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. I don't know if I could explain to you what the glory of God is, primarily because I'm not real certain. But I do know this, that there is an eminence, uh, there is a a light, there is a life, uh, there is a, a, there is When God comes near a person, be it a shepherd or a common man or woman like us, things instantly change. It's not something you can do anything about. And these shepherds were living out in the field. And lo and behold, the scripture says the angel of the Lord stood before them. Just we're just hanging out on the hillside with our smelly sheep. Whatever sheep say, you know, and we're we're watching the fire and the little sparkly things are ascending and we're looking at the stars, maybe. And we're telling jokes. I don't know. These men were just out there doing their daily grind. Into that steps appears the angel of the Lord. It says, behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And if we read on, the angel not only stepped through the shroud, I don't know what that means. I, it's, it's, it's God has, it lives in another dimension of space and time. He's not restricted to time and like we are. We start, we stop. We're finite. God is infinite. And He's outside of this realm of the five senses that we're in chain by and all of a sudden this angel of the Lord steps through the curtain. That might be one way. <laughs> or all of a sudden the, the the light, the glory, the Shekinah of God turns on the spotlight and all of a sudden instead of seeing the fire and the sparklies coming up and hearing the sheep and the smells of Palestine waffling over your senses, all of a sudden the blinding light of the glory of God turns on and they begin to see it. Now, Fred, how would you feel if all of a sudden an angel of the Lord 
stepped into your sphere of understanding. I think I would like it too. But there's also another thing that happens. They were fearful. The angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. Now, that doesn't mean your response is wrong. I would like it too, because any time the presence of, the, of God, uh, He's always near. But when He turns on our ability to see afresh, or steps through so that we can can sense with our senses the closeness of the glory and presence of God, things change awfully quickly. So this angel said to them, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Now, this angel came with a message. Now, this angel, I don't know where they live. They live in heaven. They live in a realm outside of time and space. And this one was sent for a specific purpose to walk through and show himself to the commonest of people upon that little globe. And this angel said, hey, don't be afraid. Hey, don't chill out. I'm not going to hurt you. I bring you great good tidings that will be a joy to all of the people. The message from God, from the angel, was don't be afraid. Anybody fearful at times about God? I mean, I, you know, not fearing God like He's holy and I reverence Him. We know we should fear God. But hey, sometimes you just get fearful of the holy because He is so different than I am. And when He draws near, there is always a sense of Whoa. Remember Isaiah? In the year the king Uzziah died, saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And Isaiah said, Whoa, it's me! Let's find some chicken dirt and throw it up in the air. Whoa! We get on our faces and put on. You see, we're undone in the presence of the holy. But this angel said, Don't be afraid, because I bring you good tidings of great joy, and it's for everybody alive right now. On your little globe. This is the greatest joy you'll ever hear. The greatest good news. Now with that. From uh, four. Here's the great news. The great news uh, was great joy is going to come. It's going to be for all the people. For there is born to you this day a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord. So get ready little planet. Get ready. Don't be afraid. Because I, the God of all creation, have just sent my emissary to come among you and speak to you. Things are about to change. And I'm so glad things change. When I become dry and hardened in my heart, you know, when the whoop and wharf and the dailiness grind of living my life here and now pulls my, my orientation off center and distracts me from what's most important, and we just go, where is God? God says, don't fear. I send you great tidings of great news, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And now, this will be the sign. Now, I'm reading from the New King James, which I wrote up here, and it says the sign. It doesn't mean a sign. 
in John's gospel, it said in the beginning was ha lagos. I know you're impressed. That means the word. It didn't mean a word in the beginning of time was the word. What the angel spoke is right now, I bring you great no, joy of, of a great good news, good tidings, great joy will be for all the people. He's the Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this is the sign that that is true. You will find a babe lying in a manger. Now, we just had our youngest addition to our family, little Briley. And she was born at home without any anesthetic. This woman is amazing. (laughs) But you know what? What I recognize is that that's been happening for thousands of years. But the sign that what this has been, what was just articulated is that you're going to find a little baby. Now, that's where we're going in just a minute. But when they said that, it suddenly, now just as suddenly as this angel, he wasn't given a name, maybe it was Gabriel, I don't know who it was, but this angel walked through the shroud, gave them the message, and with that message, you're going to have a sign, and this sign is going to be a baby. You're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, and suddenly there was with the angel, here they come again, not only one this time, not only the message this time, not only you're going to see a baby and he's going to be a, a source of great joy to all people. But with that simultaneous declaration, the, the I don't know the, the the heavens were rent. And with that declaration, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts, heavenly beings, and they were all praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, on earth, your little earth, peace and goodwill toward all men. Now, brothers and sisters, it's easy to read a text and go, I've read that before. But when God begins to open our eyes to see it, it is new and fresh every day. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace with men of goodwill or goodwill toward men. Now, I want you to consider with me just a few minor points as we look at this. First of all, I want to consider with you the sign is a baby. And secondly, the uniqueness of this baby Because babies are born all the time and they're all unique, to be sure. And they're all special in their own right. But this one was very unique. And thirdly, what the results were of this baby coming. So let's just look at that here for just a minute. What's the sign of the baby? Verse 12 says, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths uh, lying in a manger. So just what happened uh, here? Well, first of all, these shepherds who were out in the field were just common folk and they were encountered by an uncommon visitation. That would share the, scare the bejeebers out of me. I mean, the common men of this globe, like you and me, were encountered by an extremely uncommon experience. And secondly, the natural order 
of smells and Palestine and sheep and fires, the natural order of senses and sight and taste, etc., and touch was invaded by a supernatural realm. Well, thirdly, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the presence of God was such that it was indisputable. You don't argue with it when an angel shows up. You might argue with your neighbor about the things of the Christian religion. Or you might argue about theology or you might argue about anything. But when the supernatural realm invades, actually invades, all of a sudden it is a game changer and it levels everything. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they saw the multitudes of heavenly hosts. I've never seen an angel. I would love to see one, but I suspect that they're all around all the time and they've just not chosen to, um, for whatever reason, to step through or to allow me to see in that realm. Blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. Now, they heard the good news being declared to them. The sign was, in fact, a declaration of a new era and a new realm that would be ushered in because of this baby. A new realm and a new uh, era because of this baby. Now, as men, and that means as women, as men and women, find this babe see the sign of this babe uh, and watched his life over time and received his word, they began to be transformed by seeing that sign, watching that sign, that gift, that person Jesus grow and saw what he ultimately did by going to a cross and on it, sacrificing himself so that other people, common people like you and, and I, could be set free. Outrageous love. The realm of unimaginable joy is to all people. You see, beloved, that's the good news. And that means regardless of where you perceive you are or what distance you think might be between you and God, God is right here in you if you've invited Him to live there. And even though He might feel removed, He's right there all of the time. Now, true love then, as we prayed and as we shared earlier, true love always finds a way to express itself, and it always expresses itself in a sacrificial way. Uh, let's look then at the uniqueness of this baby. The sign is the babe, so keep your eye on him. And secondly, we read in uh, Luke 2.11, for there is born to you this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. See, he wasn't just any baby. Uh, all babies are unique. Uh, they are precious in God's sight. Um, his surroundings, in fact, the surroundings of his birth, though they seem unusual to us. I mean, you'll find the babe, the sign, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and he'll be in a feed trough. That sounds weird to us. Until you realize that there's four billion people on planet Earth who don't live our lifestyle. Their babies are born by squatting in the sand. 
want to be too graphic here, or standing up. And, and where they lay them might be in the street. Four billion people and 1.5 billion of us have the luxuries that you and I take for granted. So his surroundings weren't unique because there are a lot of babies that are born in uh, common ways. But this baby would be unique because the proclamation of the angel was this baby is unique because he will be the savior. He would be the means by which all of those, let's call it five point five and a half billion people on this planet could receive the inbreaking of the life that comes from another realm simply by looking at that baby, the sign, the Savior. He has actually come in order to save. That's why he's a Savior. In another gospel, it says he call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Whatever you're struggling with today and whatever might be your sin, whatever might be your glazing over and your distance or perceived distance, God's already done everything for it to have been pronounced finished. We simply need to turn and go, I've been distracted. I've been pulled into circumstances beyond my control. I've allowed my, you know, the whole thing and say, God, here am I. Freshen my heart. Give me that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I might know you better, so that I might see you. Because the Savior has come to save and he's come to heal. And what that means is that when we were sick in our sin, he deals with our sin and he begins to heal us from the inside out. You can't heal yourself from the outside in. You heal yourself from the inside out because Jesus comes to live there. He redeems us to himself. He births our spirit, that inside little place, our heart, if you will. He births it into a new realm so that then from that place of his life in us, he begins to affect our next outer layer, our soul. How we think and our emotions and all that realm. So when your emotions draw you away from him, you go back to the source. God, show me who you are. Let me see myself as you see me. And that begins to transform our soul. And lo and behold, the life from within begins to emerge from the outer man. And we then begin to do foolish things. Like enter into praise like he does. Glory be to God in the highest. Blessed is your name, God. Merciful are you. He came to save us. He came to heal. And he came to absolutely deliver us from everything every time we step in it. Or get in it. Or choose it. God delivers us. Now, God's long-expected Messiah is this baby, the baby, the sign in all of his uniqueness. This baby was very uh, special. Now, he saves us from our sin. Remember the verse that all of you could probably quote, John 3.16. For God, so, for God so loved this globe. That he gave his only begotten son so that 
men of common origin, women who were just people like the shepherds, whoever would believe in him, the baby, the sign, his uniqueness would receive eternal life. You see, John 3.16 is the best. That was the news that was being declared to them. Good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. Now, the results then of his coming is is fascinating. Don't be afraid, the angel said. Uh, I'll bring you I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all of the people. Good tidings come through Jesus. We might try at times to eat and drink and be merry. But brothers and sisters, you know already that none of that gives you the kind of joy that the angel was declaring on this night. Joy, good tidings, good news comes from one source, and that's from the sign, the babe, the unique son of God, the savior of the world, who is Jesus. Try to find it in getting more junk. And it won't happen. We're right in the midst of the, Christ, the Christmas season. And as Christians, we celebrate that big in our culture. But, beloved, if you're hung up in all the tinsel and what you can get and what you can give, I got a little, just give it up. Share the life of Jesus with your family, with the people around you. We don't need more stuff, more trinkets. I know, bah humbug. He just, he said he would. I said, okay. Anyway, well, let's talk. Uh, great joy is to all the people. Now, what's the value that God places on you? You're here today, and maybe as I was, I'm going, God, do you really care very much? That's a ploy of the enemy, you know, but we do hear that, and we take that in. Not God. People don't care. Nobody likes me. I'm going to go eat worms. You know what I mean? They, do they, do they all know, anybody know what I mean? You know, sometimes we get in these molly grubs, I kind of call them. You know, these times where we just think everything is going south in a hurry. And it's relating to not understanding my value. How much does God really value you? The uniqueness of these, this baby. You know, they're babies born every day. And they're born in all kinds of conditions. I've been in Mozambique and I've seen the Bukharia, the the smoldering dump where Heidi Baker and other people gather little babies and take them back to their orphanages because they're thrown there. I had the privilege of being with uh, Mark and Lisa Hockett. Are they here? Yeah, they're here back here at their house last night and they go to Swaziland, which is if you look at Africa and down here at the southeastern kind of most place below Mozambique is this place called Swaziland. And they go there because their hearts have been drawn there to do ministry. And I say that because they're selling some little ornaments, some little things for Christmas. And they they're doing that to raise funds because all those funds are going back there to help babies who have been dropped in pit toilets. I won't go into more detail that they went into with me. But these are babies that are precious in God's sight and they've been cast away and and thrown away. And we have opportunity to 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 see their uniqueness and their preciousness, which then raises the question, if we see babies that way, 
They're precious, we know, but we abort them by the millions in our Western culture and in other cultures. Okay, we throw them in garbage heaps. We drop them in pit toilet. You know, people I'm talking about do that because they don't understand that every precious, every life is precious. God is interested in the one. Behold, I bring you great joy unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And the people who don't know that uh, spurn life and destroy life. And God is saying, I've come to give you life and that you might have it abundantly. So what is your value today? You might be in a time when you're devaluing yourself. Well, how much am I worth in God's eyes? How much are you worth in God's eyes? Now, an object's, any object's worth is seen in what one is willing to pay for it. So, if there's a Mercedes Benz that's used, I'll just use a high-end car. If there's a Mercedes Benz that's used and they want $25,000 for it, I might say, whew, I like the car, but that's not worth it. What have I just said? It's not worth that amount to me. Or if there was a house that you and, let's say, your wife or roommates, doesn't matter, wanted to purchase, and the price of that house was, let's just call it a modest 200000 in our culture, and you would go, I really like the house, but... I just, I can't pay that much. It's just not worth it to me. You see what I'm saying? That the value that we assign to something is, is what we're willing to actually pay for it. So the question is, how much are you actually worth to God? It's not seen in how you feel about yourself. It's not seen in any relative sort of I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not measuring up. I wish I had this or I don't have that or I wish I could speak like so and so or do that or do the other thing. Your value has nothing to do with that. Your value as an individual has to do with how much the Father was willing to give for you, to save you, to heal you, to deliver you, to draw you into His great good news. And the question then leads to what was He willing to give? He was willing to give everything through Jesus. Behold, I bring you great good tidings of a great joy that will be for all of the people on the earth. For this day is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God gave an enormous, the most. He gave it all for the likes of me. And sometimes I just take it for granted. Bah, humbug. It's just another day. No, God, I repent. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I make a choice to rejoice and to be glad in it. The love of God is enormous toward you. The love of God sacrificed everything for us. When we see and experience His love toward us, it begins to change us. John the disciple, and I'll end with this. Remember John the disciple? He's the one that Jesus loved. 
he, he he's the the disciple of love. John uh, says this. I think it was in First John uh, chapter three. He uses the same word. Behold, an angel. This time he says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us. Now, change that if you're in a disparaging mood about yourself. I'm not worth very much or somebody near you. They're not worth very much. You see how we do that? Behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us. That we should be called his kids. It goes on and it says. And that's exactly who we are. Now we are his children. Now, it's not yet clear what we shall be because there is that film at times, that distance, that that spatial uh, uh, stuff that sometimes makes it feel as if God isn't very close. It does not yet appear what we shall be like, but you can be sure uh, that when he is revealed, we're going to be like him. You see, the seed of the gift, the sign, the baby, not just was born being the embodiment of good news, but he lived his life, he traveled and he went to a cross in order to be the Savior, to save us from ourselves and from our sin. And then after being buried in the ground, how much more common can you get up from the grave He arose on high back to the father. And from that place, he poured out his spirit on the likes of a common shepherd. Like me. And like you. The worth and the value that you have in God's eyes is exponentially times 10,000 more than you can yet know. Because it does not. We do not yet It's not yet clear what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed and he will be revealed, we shall be like him. Therefore, beloved, the admonition this morning and the invitation to you as well as to me is to keep your eyes on the sign, the babe upon Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes upon him. The writer of Hebrews says, Keep your eyes upon, fasten your eyes upon Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Value the one who came as a baby. See him for who he is, a savior. He's Christ, the Lord. Keep your eyes on the babe. Value the one who came. And then finally, through him, the love of God is transforming Everything that he touches. Do you feel distance from Jesus today? Well, join the club. But what we can do is simply offer ourselves afresh to him to restore and to renew that spirit, that spiritual life within us. He's already done everything on our behalf. So let's just take a minute or less. And just ask Jesus to do something fresh in your heart. What would cause people to go to another land and give their lives 
for the sake of the gospel. It's people who have seen who they are. They understand their identity. It's people who have entered into a measure of intimacy. It's people like you and me who recognize we have a destiny that transcends our natural understanding.